This is the Nexus Special, Episode 12, the Apple iPhone 5 event, on Wednesday, September 12, 2012. This episode is hosted by Ryan Rappersett and special extraordinary guest, Brian Mitchell. Hey, how's it going? Pretty good. That's good. So, today, there was an Apple event, and uh, Matt didn't want to do a Apple show, so instead, I have a different guest. I have Brian Mitchell, who I mentioned last week on uh, At The Nexus. You sure did. I heard that wonderful ending. Yes. Well, you know, it's true. Yeah. Hopefully I can fill the shoes that were laid out for me. I think it'll be pretty easy. So you like, uh, you like Apple products, from what I, yeah. from what I hear. And yes. uh, there was a lot of new Apple products today. There sure was. The new iPhone 5, new iPod Touch, new iPod Nano, and EarPods. EarPods. What a horrible name. Yeah, I, it, I, I tweeted about it, and I misspelled his earbuds just out of muscle memory, but it's, I'll learn eventually. Yeah. Well, so I suppose we should start with the big thing, the iPhone 5. Yes, which I will be pre-ordering on Friday, so I'm excited about that. And of course, you know, it's expensive, but everybody knows that. So what what changed between the 4S and the 5? What, what's the big thing? Well, I think there are two main things being the 4-inch screen, which would make it taller at 1136 pixels instead of 960, and then the whole um, thinner and aluminum kind of unibody. I'm not quite sure. They don't call it that, so I guess it's not unibody, but... It almost is. Uh, Instead of having a huge glass platter on both sides, it has smaller glass platters on the back and a huge one in front, but on the back, where there used to be just one sheet of glass, there's also a aluminum plate, I guess, that's just right in the middle. Yeah, and that, it's, I think it's interesting how they kind of, they started off with the first generation iPhone having the aluminum back, and then they went to plastic for two generations, and then glass for two generations, and now they're coming back to aluminum. Yeah, isn't that, isn't that interesting? That's a very, um, well, it's exactly what they did with the iPod Nano, like, you know, they pick a design, and the next year they totally deviate from it, and the next year after, they go back to the previous design. Yeah. So I, they experiment and stuff, so that's fine. So what what happened with the processor this year? So uh, we know from the iPad that they had an A5X instead of what we expected at that time to be the A6. Yes. But this year, or the iPhone 5, they did make an A6, and that the Apple claims will bring you twice as much performance in both CPU and GPU. Um, they said that pages will load 2.1 times faster. You can save images from the iPhoto app 1.7 times faster, and then you know, load music and uh, load keynote attachments. I think they also said pictures are 40% faster, taking pictures, that is. Um, also, I read just uh, not too long ago, like half an hour ago, that um, the A6 is running the ARM Cortex A15 cores, which is the first for any mobile device, I believe. And that would be beating out, uh, who was it? Texas Instruments and, um, who was it? Um, and uh, I'm not sure who, oh, and and Samsung, yes. Yeah, well, it's not hard to beat Samsung. Yeah. Well, so the, um, the, the, the TI chip is basically a single generation a15, you know, single, you know, just one. The um, eventually Samsung's apparently going to be bringing out a like a double, like like two uh, Cortex A15s on a single chip. Well, that's just going to suck power. But I mean, for the most part, processing power 
in general doesn't really matter that much on mobile. It just it they need to grow over time. It just you don't need a huge number. So what's the clock speed on this uh, A6? Do we know? I don't think it's been released. I I haven't seen any numbers anywhere. Yeah. See, they don't they don't tout that for, because it doesn't matter. I'm sure we'll find out as soon as the device is released. Oh yes, definitely. So. so what? So since we got a new core, uh, or a new processor rather, what's the battery life su- um, suspected to be like? The battery life is supposed to be better. Um, let me pull up some numbers here. Um, uh, now I think it was Phil Schiller who said he's the senior vice president of marketing, um, but he said that it's not only more power efficient but also much faster. Of course, um, here's battery. Uh, it's supposed to get. Eight hours of talk time on 3G, um, and then still have a standby of 225 hours, which is up from 200 on the iPhone 4S. Um, and then eight hours of internet use on 3G, and up to eight hours of inter- internet use on LTE, and 10 hours of use on Wi-Fi. And I think the, the 4S had nine hours of Wi-Fi. Yeah, that's definitely an improvement. Wonder. So of course it got thinner. So the battery it got taller because the whole phone got taller because of the screen getting taller. So it's always interesting to wonder what kind of new battery technology they're integrating into this. Yeah, I, I, I'm wondering if it's, a lar- if it's a larger capacity battery or if they've just reduced the power consumption of the device. Yeah, I haven't seen any numbers on it. Uh, I, I think the, um, I know the iPhone 4 was a 1430 mAh battery. Um, yeah, that's, that sounds right. Yeah. So the it, it you think it would be increased a little bit but of course who knows what they did to make it thinner and of course taller who knows so we'll what, o- what so what other changes did they do to the phone um they moved the headphone port to the bottom and the the iPhones have always had the headphone port on the top but the iPad touches have always had them on the bottom so this is moving them to the bottom i'm guessing that i think the home button is on the the home button is on the right side if you're facing it. So is the camera. So I'm guessing they have something underneath the right, uh, left-hand side where the headphone port normally is. Mm, so. Yeah. I wonder... So I years ago when this was rumored to happen previously, so, you know, every year a rumor comes out saying, oh, Apple's going to move where the, you know, head, headphone port is. People a lot, a lot back then often said that it would be terrible to have the headphone port on the bottom because how could you put the phone in your pocket? So I imagine you carry your phone in your pocket usually, right? Yes, I always go bottom down because oh, imagine that. I, I always go bottom down and glass out for some reason. Um, well, on your 4S, I mean, it's or 4 or I'm, 4S, yeah. it's probably pretty easy to go glass out since, you know, both yeah, sides Yeah, I, I have a case, so okay. I, I do... I do glass out, I guess, because I do. I at least used to carry my headphones in my pocket with it. Ah. I put my headphones behind it. Right. Well, that but, makes um, sense. But now with the iPhone five, if you have headphones plugged into it, you have to put it um, facing down. And I'm just hoping I don't sit somehow or something gets pushed on the sleep button that turns it on. Hmm. So on my phone now, I, of course, I have an Android phone. My headphone jack. Oh wow! It, the headphones are apparently plugged in and talking. Cool. So my headphone jack is on the top, just like the previous iPhones were, yeah. and the power button is also on the top. So when the headphones are plugged in, hitting the power button is horrible. Now on the iPhone, you don't have the trouble because you actually have a real button to push. You have two ways to turn the phone on and off, or well, at least you have two ways to wake it up. Yeah. So you have the power button, and of course you have the home button. But when I had my iPod Touch previously. 
I loved that the um, headphone jack was on the bottom because I always put my phone in uh, screen facing towards me. So that way, if something were to hit me from the outside, the screen wouldn't be taking the damage. So that's how I always did it. Yeah, I I don't know. I guess everyone's different. I don't know why. I guess it doesn't really make sense for how I carry it. but Whatever works. Just, yeah, it, I don't really have too many scratches on mine, so that's good. Yeah. So they also changed the uh, charging port this time. Yes, the lightning lightning connector, as they call it, and they they joked right away how uh, the lightning connector goes well with the Thunderbolt port of on the, the new Max. Although it is only USB two um, on the Apple Store online, I think it was the I think you could buy the cable or the thirty pin connector to lightning connector adapter said it was USB two. So the um the con- just the adapter, so thirty pin to lightning connector. I believe that's twenty nine dollars, and then the the one that the connector that's integrated with a cord, I believe that one's thirty nine dollars. So it's a, they're they are kind of expensive, a little bit more expensive than what I was hoping they would launch those as. Uh, but you know, it's not too bad. It's only products going forward. I don't, you probably don't have too much of a need for them. Yeah, otherwise. like I I don't have any devices that plug in with the thirty pin connector. I just have USB cables for charging. Right. I, I have an Apple TV at my house that I use for playing videos out of and a Airport Express for streaming music, so it's all wireless for me. Right. So they also changed or they they added a microphone. So where are the current locations of the microphones? On the iPhone 5 there's now a microphone on the bottom as usual and since the iPhone 4 on the top as well for noise cancellation. Mm-hmm. And now there's an additional one next to the camera, which I'm assuming will be used when you record video. Um, I'm I'm assuming they use all three for phone calls for even better noise cancellation. Yeah, um, that seems to make sense. And the noise cancellation is actually very good. I would um, I don't know a year ago I saw this um, video comparing uh, iPhone 3GS to iPhone 4 with noise cancellation, and it was a huge difference. It's much more clear in just the voice um, during phone calls. So. An additional microphone must help even more. So my phone has two, just one on the bottom, one on the top. It doesn't have three. That would be too cool. Well, uh, so I wonder, so one of the questions I have, which we'll get to later, but is if the new iPod Touch has those same three uh, microphones or if it just has maybe just two, which I assume it will. But moving along with the iPhone, they have a new redesigned camera, but it really isn't redesigned. Uh, so what do they change with the camera? Um, they pretty much just made it thinner. Um, they also have a few new features with the camera app, which is more software, but also depends on, I think, the A6 for some speed. But um, they can now have a 28-megapixel panorama shot, whereas you, you hold it up and you just move it across up to 240 degrees in a circle, and it'll take all the images as you move it using the gyroscope and accelerometers and stitch it all together into one 28-megapixel panorama. And no. that, seems, that seems like a very cool feature, is I think so. And, and of course, it'll, it's going to look great on the uh, retina display on that phone, too. Yes. And so they also updated the HD uh, the FaceTime camera, but I'm not sure how they updated that one. That's updated to a 1.2-megapixel camera, so it does 720p. Okay. That, that's... Uh, the same with all the new MacBooks yep. and iMacs and the new iPad, I believe. I don't think iPad 2 has 
HD FaceTime camera. No, it it has old horrible stuff. VGA quality. <laughs> yeah, and you know, apparently you can also take pictures while recording video now. That's a nice, yeah, a that's, nice addition. I'm I'm assuming it's at the full eight megapixel resolution. Right. So that'll be always nice too. And so the uh, the other big thing here, of course, is LTE. So uh, in the U.S., we have LTE issues or you know wireless provider issues, but elsewhere in the world, it's not so bad. Um, so when the 4S came out, it unified the two versions of the iPhone 4. So there was a CDMA version and uh, a GSM version for AT&T, and then the CDMA version was for everybody else, Verizon and Sprint. And, uh, well, now they're going back to that, away from where the 4S was. 4S had them all unified into one iPhone. So there's three versions now, which is kind of weird. Yeah, two GSM and one CDMA. Um, this is all due to limitations with, I think, LTE chips that are available. There's not mm-hmm. one that has all of the bands on it from all around the world, which is surprising to me. I think someone would have it out because there will need to be world phones in the future. Definitely. Well, I also think this is a good line, or not a, but it seems like an evolutionary track to where the next iteration of iPhone would go, like, Oh, well, now we have a new integrated radio that supports everything again. Uh, so I can see them doing that. Yeah, I, I I bet the iPhone 5S will have a full unified chip for world phone. Exactly. Uh, so a couple, just last week, actually, uh, Amazon ta- released their Kindle Fire tablets, and they touted dual-band Wi-Fi heavily. And, of course, this week, Apple does the same thing. So uh, what, what what happened with the Wi-Fi this week? Today. Well, with, with dual-band Wi-Fi, it means that there are two antennas that can both receive and send Wi-Fi signals. So you can so 802.11n, which is the newest, mainly uh, popular format, 802.11ac is, is still coming on its way. But um, with two antennas, you can um, receive and send twice as much data. So this supports up to 150 megabits per second. So it's now you can have faster Wi-Fi on an iPhone than you can with some uh, Ethernet connections. Right. I think that's that's pretty cool. Yes, it is. So d- does um, did, does this iPhone have two Wi-Fi antennas, so like two spatially separate antennas, or is it just one antenna? I assume it has two, right? I'm not quite sure. I haven't seen it yet. Because um, I'm pretty sure the MacBook Air does. I'm pretty sure the Retina Display Mac does. I know, the I th- Retina Display Mac, I think, has tri-band Wi-Fi. Okay, okay right. Um, I thought the iPad 3 did, but I'm not sure. Yeah, iPad 3, I'm, I can look that up. Um, but yeah, I'm not quite sure about that. Um, but yeah, either way, dual-band Wi-Fi on an iPhone, I think, is pretty nice. Yes, definitely. So you also have a, a tweet here from someone that 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 essentially says that there was what uh, 725 unique inlays uh, to uh, match per iPhone. Yes, that was actually a screenshot from Apple.com/iPhone/design. I have since found it on the site. But yeah, they there's a video that Apple released about the hardware design of the new iPhone, and what they do is during uh, the assembly process. Um, here, I can read it here. During the assembly process, each iPhone 5 aluminum housing is photographed by two high-powered 29-megapixel cameras. The machine then compares the images with 725 uniquely cut inlays to find a precise match. So, so I watched this video, too, and I thought that was very astounding. 
yeah, I can see why the iPhones are so expensive. They, but they also, it, I don't know of any other company that puts out devices at the quality that Apple does. And this is where it really shows, I think. Well, I mean, when you think about it this way, they have, you know, they're making the iPhones with these machines, but somebody had to build these machines too. So not only are they making this amazing phone, but they're making all this incredible equipment to make these phones. So that's interesting too. Yeah, and I think it's kind of a win-win with doing this because if there were if there were parts that weren't quite right, and they also say they they measure in microns for widths and gaps and things in the phones. But um, if you have a part that's just a hair too small or too large, there's there's a chance that you might have the aluminum frame that needs to fit inside that is a little too small or large. So you might be able to actually save parts over the long run with finding exact fits. Right. And it's interesting that, of course, they're using high-speed cameras because there's no way humans could even possibly begin to, like, you know, match pieces up. So that's also an, uh, an enhanced efficiency. Yeah. And these are 29-megapixel cameras. They're, you can't even buy a camera that except for the that one smartphone that has yeah, but it, 41 megapixel camera. Yeah, what is it called? I know it's PureView, but it's a Nokia phone, but it's not real. It's fake. Yeah. Well, I, I suppose we can um, go on to the iPod Touch then. Yes, this also has the new 4-inch screen with the 1136 by 640 resolution. Um, I'm not sure if it has in-plane switching, which helps with color distortion as you move the screen, tilt it left and right. Um, I, I hope they do because I think that's a very nice feature, but, um, so it has the new screen and it also, they have the A5 processor in there. Now this is an upgrade from the A4 in the previous generation iPod touch, but it's not quite at the level of the A6 in the new iPhone. And, and it's also not even the, um, A5X, but all, that makes sense because the A5X is powering the iPad 3, which has lots more pixels. So... Uh, the A5 is probably a good place for it to be. And this is probably also the uh, revised A5, like the second A5, because uh, when they when they made the iPad 3, they also downsized from the 45 nanometer A5 to the 32 nanometer. So it's the power-saving variety. Yeah, I, I wonder if they're taking maybe some slightly defective A5X processors and putting them in here, because with the iPad 2, the new version after the iPad 3 came out, they used a different, uh, what was it, A5 chip. I don't think the um, A5X uses um, a 32 nanometer process. I'm pretty sure it's still using the 45 nanometer process. It's a physically larger chip, too. So, okay. Yeah. yeah that, would, that would make sense. So it has this newer processor. Um, it also has the 5 megapixel camera. So similar to the iPhone 4 and iPad 3, or the new iPad. So it'll take better pictures. And to go with this, it has the iPod Touch loop. So you can have a like a, a loop that'll go around your wrist like on many cameras nowadays. I think they're trying to get slightly more into the camera market with an iPod. Well, one of the things I think is interesting is years and years ago, when I was shopping around for an iPod because I was too poor to get a smartphone... Uh, the, the iPod that was released that year didn't have a camera, but when everybody cracked it open, of course, you know, that's what people do when you buy a $200 piece of equipment, uh, yes. there was a hole in it 
just ready to go for a camera, just that there was no camera in, in the hole. So it only took, what, maybe four, five years for the iPod Touch to get an actually usable camera? Um, yeah, it's about time. Was that the, the third generation iPod? I remember uh, rumors with that. Yes, I believe it was the third generation, yes. Okay. Uh, so in the lineup, which I think is particularly interesting, um, they're keeping the existing uh, fourth generation iPod Touch. So what, what do you think about that? Uh, the reasons as to keeping that older model. Well, I think because they, they have the 16 gigabyte for 200 and a 32 gigabyte fourth gen for 250, as well as the 32 fifth gen for 364 for 400. I think they do that because in the scheme of things, um, additional memory isn't as expensive as they are charging. So they're, if they sold a 16 gigabyte for 200, they'd probably, probably be losing money on every iPod touch. So at least that's what I think. So, so what do you think this, um, how does this bode for the rumored, uh, iPad mini, I guess. I personally don't think they'll do an iPad mini. I know Steve Jobs mentioned it a year or two ago. He said he didn't think it was necessary or it was going to happen, but they, they might, there have been rumors about it. So I could be wrong. Yeah. See, putting, putting that price point where it is, it's, it's a little weird to me to have the iPad mini be priced around it. Cause every, all the rumors point to it being, uh, priced in that range between 200 and 300 so that's an interesting thing too yeah and the if there were an ipad mini say it was like a seven inch or something and it was 300 dollars. that's that's the same price as a new 32 gigabyte ipod touch exactly i think i think yeah at the right now i don't think they will do an ipad mini just it doesn't fit in with their lineup and also the rumors uh are very frequently touting that it won't have a retina display. But today, Apple finally did my favorite thing of the whole announcement. They got rid of the uh, iPhone 3GS. Yes, thankfully. That thing was an abomination. 2009, it's now three years old, and they were still selling it. Yes. Giving it away for a dollar. But I'm happy. I think very soon we will stop seeing new applications being not retina supportive. Right, which drives well, me crazy. And then I can finally stop seeing that cr- weird chrome shiny bezel all over everywhere. I hate that thing. Yeah, it's it's about time. Very angry about that that phone. Well, let's see what else does the iPod Touch have? I think that uh, pretty much covers it. You know, it has a new connector, of course. It has the same FaceTime HD camera. Yep. Um the the iPod Touch loop, as you mentioned, is not very exciting, but it's a little wristband. Yeah, I, I wonder if there will be additional um, third-party adapters or things that use it. Well, why do you think they uh, thought it would be a good idea to include that? Um, well, they probably got complaints, or they there may have been a, a higher number of dropped or broken iPhones brought into the Apple Store with the addition of a camera. I feel that with people using it as a camera, they'd probably drop it more often, and they, they're probably saving themselves some money yeah. with service. I don't know, maybe. Well, it's also interesting to me that they somehow managed to do all of the new stuff in in it, of course, but also managed to find... They made it thinner, too, of course, just like everything, but they somehow managed to find enough room to not only add the little loop, you know, circle 
but also to make it a button so that it pops up when you push it. So not only does it come up, but it has to go down a little bit so that you can push it. So there's a ton of room in there, and that that's kind of interesting. Yeah, they, they dedicated a lot of space for it. Yeah, um, definitely. I follow a guy on Twitter who, who tweeted this when it came out. He said, the loop is good for those little shits that drop their iPods. <laughs> yes, definitely. It also would make sense if... Um, it, it reminds me very much of um, the Wii's control, like, um, you know, you hold your iPod Touch that same kind of way, if, and then you'd have the lanyard al- along your wrist, just like the um, Wiimote. Yeah. I saw I saw comparisons to that all day. Yeah, I saw some of those, too. Um, also with the iPod Touch is colored cases oh, yes. built in. They dye the aluminum. I think, I think that looks really nice. So do we know if it's... Uh, um, the, the color is through the metal, or is it just a painted-on kind of thing? I assume it's I, through the metal. I think it's through the metal, yeah. Okay. I, yeah, yeah. they have, and I think it's also cool how they had in their manufacturing process, at least about the iPhone 5, about how, how they polished this metal. So I think it'll be very cool how there's the brushed aluminum, and then there's the very shiny and polished parts. I think that looks well, or looks nice on contrasting each other. Yeah, it definitely does. Um... The um the the iPhone four and four S have the steel band around the glass platters, but the new iPhone five has this black, or at least the black variation does. It has this black steel band instead, so it, it actually has its own color, which looks really really nice. Yeah, I I really like the look of the black iPhone I the iPhone five. I'm I'm definitely gonna pre-order that one. I think it it looks. More like a kind of a behind-the-scenes, rugged Apple device. And I, I kind of like that. It reminds me of the Mac Pro somehow. Just Yeah, it kind of does, a, yeah. A beastly machine. Whereas I think the, the white iPhone 5 is more of the front-of-the-line, not-so-heavy user device. Well, I don't know. That's what I associate, at least. When I see white iPhones, and last year I never saw any, but this year I see so many. Um, yeah, me too. And whenever I see them, I always think to myself how much smaller they look than their black counterparts because the screen makes the bezel look... I mean, the bez- the white bezel, I guess, makes the screen feel as if it's not enveloping the whole device. I mean, obviously yeah. we know the screen doesn't, but... It just makes it feel so constrained and, like, in-framed. So, yeah, I yeah. agree. Mm-hmm. Well, they also, uh, Apple also uh, revealed new iPod Nanos today. Yes, the, no, the, uh, they brought back the widescreen and a not tiny iPod Shuffle-like device. I'm happy about that. I never really liked the old iPod or the 6th generation iPod Nanos, but people might be complaining because they can no longer be turned into a watch. How sad. Yeah, I never saw anyone with that. I've only no. seen pictures on the internet. Yeah. But it now has a two-inch screen, I think. Um, wow, that's a surprisingly high pixel density. Yeah, it's a resolution of 240 by 432 with a pixel density of 202 pixels per inch. I believe it was a two-inch screen. up oh, 2.5-inch screen. Oh, um, it's bigger than that even. Yeah, and it does multi-touch. They demoed... Um, Pinch to zoom on some pictures, and it, it looks like a a mini iPod Touch kind of, mm-hmm. but with square icons and no internet connectivity. Right. Well, so one of the things I I only looked at it briefly, but 
one of the things I thought was kind of strange when you look at it is that it has these absurd round app buttons. So instead of being nice, like, rounded squares, it's this absurd round shape. Yeah, I, 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 I was watching the Engadget live blog stream with pictures, and it, it looked very nice until they showed you the screen. I just said, ew. It, it's, it looks <laughs> nice. It looks nice, you know, demoing features on Apple's site, but once you see it on the device, it, it just doesn't match because the, the screen has square edges and it's a square device. It, I think circles would go better on a more round device. So the, uh, the all, even the home button has that same issue, I think. Let's see, do I have proof of this or am I just making it up? Yeah, nope, I'm yeah. not making it up. So even the home button, so the home button is always round as we are okay with, but there's a little like imprint of a rounded rectangle on the iPhone and on the iPod touches, but on these iPod nanos, it's a circle, just like yeah, the I icons. Think, I think what that is, is because on the iPhones, it's a square like, like an app icon, and I think it's you go back home to select your different app you want to load. And so I feel like with the iPod Nano making a circular home button, it's kind of forcing them to keep with um, circular app icons. And I feel like people will probably hate these round icons, and Apple could change it, but it wouldn't ever match with the home button. So Yeah, uh, you know, they'll, they'll, just, they'll, they'll do something to it eventually. I don't know. Yeah. I, I think it's interesting to uh, before uh, yes on last week's show I I had predicted that they would wait yet another year uh, they would upgrade the internals but wait another year to change the screen size of the iPod Touch uh, but maybe this is all in just preparation for you know uh, a different kind a, yet another smaller variation of an iPod Touch maybe not with you know a huge screen and stuff but you know something like that. Yeah, well, I think the iPod Nano, I bet over time Apple might put more apps into it. But it's also, it's already very full-featured. It has an FM radio. It does the Nike Plus, Nike Plus with the pedometer. And, it, you know, you can watch videos and photos, podcasts, and music. And it also has Bluetooth for connecting to speakers, for streaming music to, I guess, headphones or speakers. Or your car, right. I yeah, think that was, the, that was the demo they insisted on in the video. Um, yeah, I, of course, this isn't running iOS. It's just running iPod Nano OS or something. Or, yeah, or a very modified version of iOS similar to the Apple TV. So have you seen their, um, I don't know, slogan for the new Nano? Completely re-nanoed. I think that's their, well, they're admitting they redesigned it. I don't know. I've, I've, I mean, I saw some of the sixth generation iPod Nanos out, but I personally never really liked them. They seemed too small. Yeah, uh, they seemed too shuffle-like. Yeah, and I, I personally do have a fourth-generation iPod Shuffle. They're only fifty dollars. Is that the one with the screen or without? I mean, that's not the with one. The... With, that's without the screen with just the buttons. Oh yeah, I, I think they all just have buttons. I mean, but is that so? That's the one with the buttons and not the stick one. That's all voice controlled or something. Yep. Oh man, that voice controlled one was horrible. I never saw anyone with that. No. Well, I think we have to talk about the new earpods then. Yes. Those would be the new headphones that they said they spent three years developing. And I think they scanned, what did they say, 600 people's ears or something like that? Something like that. I wonder if there's a page about them. Yes, there is. It's in the show notes. Okay. But, um, yeah, they're supposed to have much better sound and also be 
more comfortable. They tested it with, uh, I think, people who had wet ears, um, but they also have some wow. airflow for better bass, too, which sounds promising. So, so they do look very bizarre, and apparently there isn't a page dedicated to them, but there is a link on a page on the Apple website that claims to take you to learn more, but doesn't. So they're a very odd shape. They don't look like normal headphones. But when you look at them, there's a lot of holes in them. So there's a hole on the front, like a normal headphone, but also holes in the side. Yeah, there's there's um, there's a video about it. There's an EarPods video. Um, here's There's some description on it on the iPhone design page. Um, yeah, there's your... There's, this, there's two small slits towards the bottom of the headphone where the old gray loop used, uh, rubberized loop used to be. And I think that's for intake for a bass tube or something like that. And then you have your, your main ports that go into your ear for, I think they were saying, your mid-range, something like that, or most of the sound. So do we know how much these cost alone? I think uh, hopefully not, not too much. These... I want to say $30. Okay, that's reasonable. So I these have... also have an integrated mic somewhere along the line, right? Yes. They that's will a good deal. have the, the remote and mic similar to the last headphones that they have. Yeah, I remember uh, years and years ago, I like how I keep coming back to this, when I was going to buy an iPod Touch... Uh, it was, it was, uh, the gen, you know, that, that third generation, you know, the one without the camera. Well, may, oh, fine. If it doesn't have a camera, it must at least have uh, a mic in it, right? Nope. So you had to buy the $59 headphones with mic. You just, you just couldn't win that third generation. And then the fourth generation came out and I got one. Yeah. And, and for at least the first iPhone, they had the headphones with the mic, but no buttons. Right. And I think they had ones with buttons and without buttons for a while. And that just messed things up, in my yeah. opinion. Mm-hmm. So that, I think that concludes, for the most part, the uh, the, the large parts of the uh, announcement itself. Um, there was some stuff that came that came out afterwards. So Phil Schiller uh, did an interview with All Things D and uh, Ina Freed, I guess. And um, he, he talked about why the iPhone has a new connector, but not NFC and wireless charging. So on the wireless charging part, he basically said that everybody has access to USB at, at this point, and you can do it with a computer, you can do it with a wall outlet, you can do it on an airplane sometimes, and wireless charging would have you'd have to hook it up to a wall, you know, or some other power source anyway. So it wouldn't really be that much better. Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. I I've never been a huge. I mean, wireless charging sounds nice, but it's never one of those things like, oh, I need to have that. It's just nice thing to say you have on a device i think so for so i i bought uh an hp touchpad last year and one of the things that it can do is wireless charging but only if you spend an additional fifty dollars to get the case that you need to put it in and an additional sixty dollars to get the pad that you would put it on to wirelessly charge so that would basically double the price of the touchpad at least the final price that they had right yeah exactly yeah so it it'd be like I don't know two 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 thirty instead of ninety nine dollars. So it, yeah. when it's not really wireless either, because if you picked it up like you know you were holding it while it was charging, well it wouldn't be charging then anymore. So wireless charging really isn't that good of a an idea. Yeah, it's not quite there. And so Phil Schiller also commented on NFC because everybody expected 
or by everybody, I mean the rumors. Rumors expected uh, NFC to be integrated, so that would be, uh, you know, payment without, you know, needing a credit card and stuff. So the reason they didn't do NFC is Passbook does uh, the kinds of, thing, kinds of things customers need today, and it's compatible with existing merchant payment systems. So I think that's a fair thing to say. Uh, I don't yeah, see the need for NFC. Yeah, with NFC, you need to roll out new hardware to any place that needs to support it, and I don't think something like that's going to happen. And you can, I mean, because an example is like credit cards in the U.S. versus all around the world. All around the world, they have those other, they have chips in it. You just stick it in, you type in your PIN number versus, or I think you don't even need to type in a PIN, you just stick the chip in where in the U.S. you have to swipe and type in a PIN. They don't have little chips that you, that are connected to. Right. And so I, personally, I don't like the idea of NFC. It, it, for most implementations that I've seen kind of make it too easy to buy things. Uh, I, I like buying things to be somewhat difficult so that I can have multiple decisions to make before somebody just makes me pay them. Uh, yes. And NFC just it doesn't really matter to me because if I'm leaving the house, I would have to have my ID anyway, so then why not take my credit card? Uh, I mean, I don't know. Like, we don't yeah. have a unified ID system anyway, so I think... It doesn't really matter. Yeah, and if someone steals your phone, I think someone would probably steal a phone over a credit card. Right. At least in today. Yeah. And and also with, with hacking and things, I think having it on a phone would be, especially the iPhone because of jailbreaking, I'm sure someone would figure out how to hack it at some point. Oh, definitely. And so the final thing Phil Schiller, uh, Schiller said uh, was basically that they needed the new lightning connector because they wanted to make the phone even thinner. Uh, and, and, and this, he also goes on to say that this will be the new connector for many years to come. And so I wonder about that. So the existing 30 pin connector, I think that came out in 2003 or at least was finalized in its new current form in yeah. 2003. So what is that like nine years or so? Um, yeah. Cause they had, they had the, the firewire, I think it was, I'm assuming right. it was also 30 pin, but yeah. USB 30 pin. Yeah. So I wonder about that because they can't really make any of the next line of products any thinner. So what are they going to do to it? Uh, so that's just a weird little thing that I wondered. Um, and I wonder if it'll last another nine years or not. I I kind of doubt it. I feel like I think they should have spent a little more and made it USB 3 because now they're pushing out USB 3 on all of their new Macs. And the, the reason I don't think it's USB 3, which I think is a fair reason, um, the reason they're pushing out USB 3 on the new Macs is because Ivy Bridge has integrated USB 3 controllers and, uh, putting USB controller, USB 3 controllers, which are huge standalone in an iPhone or an iPod Touch or especially an iPod Nano or smaller, um, would be prohibitively difficult because they're just so big. Uh, That's so, true. so I yeah. think that might be a reason. And I think it probably wouldn't be hard in the future to silently switch to USB 3. But USB 3 has, I think it's a 9-pin connection. I think they can hack it. Yeah, they might be able to. I'm, I'm sure. not sure. I'm or sure. a, a 2.5 maybe. Yeah. I'm sure they I'm sure they can I'm I'm sure they can do something to it to um, to go on further. And also I think they're also doing USB 2 now. Um because so many people have, so many people who have iPods and iPhones also have PCs, but not like new PCs, legacy, horrible, old PCs with USB 2 from, you know, like 2004. 
So yeah. I think that, that that's also a big reason about it. Yeah. So let's see, Verizon. So Verizon, right after the event today, said that they will not be charging uh, additional charges for FaceTime over 3G or 4G. So if you want to use FaceTime, you can uh, do that on Verizon. Yes, and I think I want to say AT&T said that they would not charge for FaceTime if you had a shared data plan. That but is if correct. you didn't, you would have to pay an additional. Or, no, you had to switch to shared. Yes, you had to switch. Up. So and so the reason Verizon has to uh, they they have to let you use FaceTime because uh, there was a court ruling recently that essentially made them open all apps on the on the App Store up to sale not only on the iPhone but also on Android uh, and they also couldn't they they couldn't block certain services on that uh, 700 megahertz spectrum so that was a court decision that we can approve of. That's good. So that's specific to Verizon? Yes, it's only Verizon. Unfortunately, AT&T uses different bandwidths and so they, they argued that the FaceTime was a was an app. Right. You, so they kind of sidestepped. So the um the AT&T argument goes something like this. If an app is pre-bundled on the phone, they can do whatever they want to it. They can throttle it. They can limit you. They can charge you extra for it if it's prepackaged on the phone. Now, if Apple really wanted to get out of it, they could provide FaceTime as a standalone download. And then, yes. and then AT&T theoretically would have to revise their terms of service to just turn it off again. But mm-hmm. something like that. I, I wonder if any jailbreak, I jailbreak my iPhone. So I wonder if there will ever be any tweak that someone makes that will bypass AT&T's limitation without having AT&T detect it. Yeah, because, so that's an interesting thing. I wonder how AT&T detects that. Because I know with um, tethering, the the packets that have the data in them are different when they're just to the phone and when they're um, tethered to another computer. So hmm, That's I, interesting. I'm, I'm curious about how that goes out. I'm sure someone will enable it and then AT&T might block it or threaten to charge users. Oh, I'm sure they will. Uh, so also after the event, AT&T said that if you have, if you're one of those few and far between now lucky people to have uh, an unlimited data plan still, well, you can keep your unlimited data plan. Yes. Wow. I guess that's good news for them. Yeah, the, the 20 people who still somehow survive on the AT&T network with that somehow haven't been kicked off yet. It's amazing. Yeah. So let's see, during the event, I believe we um, were told that there were uh, 400 million iOS devices sold to date, 350 million iPods sold to date, and 84 million iPads sold. It's a lot of devices. That is a lot of devices. Now, just to put that into perspective, uh, just this week, earlier this week, on Monday, I think, Google released some numbers. Google told everyone that uh, 500 million Android devices have been activated since whenever. Uh, so, you know, Apple includes, you know, three big product lines. So an iPod Touch, which is small, an iPhone, which is huge, and an iPad, which is in between that somewhere. Um, and Android, you know, encompasses thousands of different phones. Um, but the weird thing about that is, is sold versus activated. See, I don't know how that works. Uh, they don't, yeah. they don't make that distinction, so. I wonder if Google is counting people who returned their phones after a week or not. Right. And also, uh, there's been some 
like uh, talk about how activations work. Like if you have a phone and you brick it and then you reform, you know, you uh, you reset your phone, you know, you do a factory restore. Yeah, it would have to reactivate with the service. So does that count again? Uh, so that's a weird thing too. Yeah, and it's also it puts it into perspective. Up until now, Apple has released, I believe, it's eleven different iOS devices. You have three iPads, five iPhones, now six, and then four iPod Touches, and now five. But so eleven up until now, and that's four hundred million devices. Well, that's yeah, that's including iPads. So four hundred million verse for eleven devices versus maybe five hundred million or less for thousands of devices. Right. Exactly. So that's 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 kind of an interesting statistic. Yeah. And so also I have news that on September 30th, Ping is finally going to die. Woo. I remember I signed up on the day. Yep, I did out, too. And I believe I signed up when Facebook was still connected to it because Facebook was connected for like three or four hours before they jumped yep, out. That's right. And it was really weird too because it was there and then it was just gone. Yeah. And there wasn't, I don't think Apple released anything official. No, there was no no official statement ever. But I, I follow some people on there. I check in probably every few months and <laughs> then ignore it again. Well, uh, if you if you have anything of value, it'll be going away. And the only thing that I think will be kept are shared playlists, which will be converted into some iMix format and then given back to you later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think they've I think they've had user playlists available before Pink too. Yeah, yeah, pretty sure they did. So overall, how was this event among the events you've seen? I think this was definitely one of the better events. I was I think much more excited because I will I was planning on getting the, the new iPhone five no matter how it came out. But um I think the, the iPhone four S event was a bit much hype and not too much return. Definitely. But um but yeah I think the the four inch screen is going to be very nice, along with the A6, um, the new camera features, and then 4G is going to be great. Um, and then iPod Touch has several new features, and I think I'm really excited about the new iPod Nano, despite the rounded icons. So do you get uh, do you get 4G or LTE out there in Morris? Nope, I get 3G. I have not seen any more than four bars at any one time. Mm. Um, I often will have. Let's see. Sitting in the library on the third floor right now, I have two bars. Oh. There's there's Wi-Fi everywhere, so I'm okay without that. And I think I don't think AT&T has LTE in the Twin Cities yet. I know they are working very hard on putting that. I think they're going to have it later this year or early next year. Yeah, AT&T is going to take their sweet time if they can. Yeah, I thought this event was actually much better than um, some of the more recent events. I, I, I like hardware events more than I like software events because I actually get yes. to see products that actually are possible to use. Yeah. Um, so while everybody loves WWDC, I, I preferred this event to that. Uh, let's see, what other events have there been? Uh, this event was interesting that it didn't really un- like unleash a hugely new uh software feature. So last year with the 4S event, they, you know, revealed Siri even though the iOS 5 betas have been out for weeks. Nobody knew like a concrete new uh yeah, that the, Siri was coming out. People knew that there was um there was something called Assistant. That's Apple's right. code name for it and and of course people knew that they acquired Siri. Yeah. Um so there were I think there were rumors that there was going to be something possibly called Siri or Assistant and then 
I think it I think it turned out much better than any of the rumors had right, projected. Definitely. And it's also interesting that Apple took this um like combined approach. So they did last year they did the iPod touches first, I believe, and then did the iPhone. Uh so yes. this year they did the iPhone and then the iPod touches. So it was kind of a mix up there too. Uh what else did they do different? Oh, they released an updated product. That's what they did this year. Wait, which which product? All of them. Or all okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So last I, year they didn't really change much of anything. They added new software to the iPod Nano, they added white to the iPod Touch, and they added a new camera in Siri to the iPhone 4S. Yeah. So last year I feel like last year was a very underwhelming year with devices. But this year they had the, the retina display, MacBook Pro, which I absolutely love. And then the iPhone five and the new iPod Touch and Nano. I think it's a lot new a lot of new devices which really makes this year good for Apple. Yes, definitely. Well, I think uh I think this is good. Uh I when do you think the next Apple event will be? Um I feel like they will be releasing new Macs this fall sometime for the iMac and maybe even a Mac Pro. It's been <laughs> two and a half years. Um I don't know if they'll do an event. If they have radical changes, they probably will, similar to the Unibody MacBooks in October of 2008. So the, um, the last uh, late non-iPhone event was, um, I believe, in 2010 with the redesigned MacBook Air and the unveiling, the early unveiling of Mountain Lion, or just not regular Lion. So... Uh, they might do something like that again, but it seems to me like it's almost just too early to do whatever comes after Mountain Lion. Yeah, I I agree with you there. Because with Mountain Lion, they just kind of silently pushed it out to developers in February, was it? Yep, Maybe? February, yep. And that was something they hadn't done before. So I wonder if they'll have 10.9 be coming out this summer or if they'll wait another year. Uh, I think they're trying to do this yearly schedule, but I think uh, eventually they'll get tired of it and they might relax that a little bit, but we'll see. Yeah. I hope it doesn't become like Chrome and Firefox <laughs> and update every six weeks. Yeah, that would be uh, very odd for an operating system. Yeah, they're going to have to think of more cats or start switching over to OS 11. Oh, no. That would be that would just be a drastic push. Well, uh, this was a great event. Uh, thank you for coming on and uh, talking about it. Yes, thank you for having me. So, where can we uh, find you on the internet? Um, I have two Twitters. I have bman four seven eight nine for everything not related to tech, and then I have tech four seven eight nine, which is everything related to tech. So you can find me there on Twitter. Um, I don't have a website or anything, so I'll I'll put your Twitters in the show notes. All right. Yep. Well, that sounds good. Thanks for uh, coming. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yep. Have a good one. All right, you too.